episode 20. Welcome to the podcast, Life of Awesome. My name is Saul Blinkoff. I'm a husband, father of four, and director-producer who works for some of the top studios in Hollywood, including Disney, DreamWorks, and Netflix. My goal? Simple. I want to live the best life I possibly can, and I want the same for you. I travel the world talking about life, and if there's one thing I've learned, every single person on the planet wants the exact same thing. We don't want a life of good. We don't want a life of great. We want a life of awesome. I really want to thank you for being here today listening. I realize there are so many podcasts out there, and I really appreciate you giving me the most valuable thing that you have, your time. If you like the podcast, please hit the subscribe button, give us a rating, a review, and of course, share it with your family and friends. That said, let's get into it. I am so excited today because this is our 20th episode of the podcast, Life of Awesome. And the feedback I've been getting has been really overwhelming. And again, I'm so grateful to you for listening. And on a personal note, this has been such a fulfilling investment of my time. And I really do appreciate the opportunity. And speaking of time, you know, remember when you were a kid and you were playing outside and you would get in trouble because you weren't home for dinner on time. And what would you say to your mom? be like, oh, I'm sorry, mom, I lost track of time. Or maybe when you were in you know, middle school or high school and you'd be like one minute late to school or one minute late to class and you would get marked tardy. You could get detention if you get enough of those. You see, if there's one thing kids and teenagers have in common is that they really have no concept of time. Remember that feeling when you were a kid and you couldn't wait to grow up one day? You thought childhood would never end. You see, Kids think that they have the rest of their lives ahead of them. They think the ending is so far away, and hopefully that's true. But the older we get, we start to hear the ticking of that clock get louder and louder. Albert Einstein had an incredible quote. He said, put your hand on a hot stove for a minute, and it feels like an hour, because your hand hurts. (laughs) It throbs for an hour. And then he continued and said, but sit on a park bench with the love of your life for an hour and it feels like a minute. That's relativity. Boom. You see, our awareness of time is very different, but there is a reality that we are all losing it every moment of the day. Steve Miller had a song in the 70s about it. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. You ever wake up and your days just seem to run into each other? You know, maybe you have your clock set for the same time. You wake up at 7 a.m., you go through your morning routine, you have the same breakfast every day, or maybe it's oatmeal, maybe it's cereal, whatever. It's breakfast. You get your coffee, you get dressed, you drive the same route to work every day, same office, eat with the same people every day for lunch, have the same conversation, small talk about your weekend, come home, dinner time, same TV shows you watch, same bedtime ritual, you go to sleep, the next day it starts all over again. Then you wake up, weeks go by, months go by, years go by, and you look back and you're like, what is my life? Like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives.
Where did the time go? There was a great movie made in the 90s uh, by Harold Ramis called Groundhog Day. Bill Murray plays Phil Connors. He's this cynical weatherman who has to cover the story of the groundhog seeing his shadow in the town of Puxatani. The town people around him are all excited about this big day. He dreads it. He can't stand these people. He just wants to get in this town, have his little segment, his new segment, and get the heck out of there. He doesn't care for the town. He doesn't care for anyone but himself. He's sleeping in this bed and breakfast. Alarm clock goes off. Then put your hand in and he wakes up in the morning. And after he goes through the day and reports on the groundhog seeing a shadow or not, he gets in his van with the other crew, drives away. They're snowed in. He's got to return to the bed and breakfast. He was staying in this small town. Goes to sleep. Wakes up again the next day, and the day repeats itself. It's Groundhog Day again. And he soon finds that he's forced to repeat the day over and over and over. He's in this time loop. He realizes he's trapped in it, and no one else knows. Finally, he realizes that there are no consequences to his actions. So what does he do with his time? Indulging in eating sweets, cakes, foods, meaningless relationships, robbery. He thinks that's what life is about. But eventually he gets depressed because there's just so many sweets you can eat. There's just so much money you can have. And he becomes depressed and ultimately desperate for a way to escape this time loop and tries to kill himself. But even that fails. Eventually, he explains what's going on to one of his co-workers, Rita, this beautiful girl played by Andy McDowell. And she encourages him to think of this loop not as a curse, but as a blessing, as an opportunity. Phil begins to ultimately have sincere feelings for her, but wakes up every day and she barely knows him. Until finally, he decides to use his knowledge of this time loop to change himself. He starts to learn to play the piano. He learns how to sculpt ice, speak French. He starts saving people from accidents, deadly accidents all around the community. Eventually, he finds this homeless man and tries to save him from death. He eventually comes to the realization that every day is an opportunity to give and every day is an opportunity to grow. Even if he is doomed to continue waking alone every morning forever, he wants this girl Rita to know that he is finally happy because he loves her. No matter what happens tomorrow or for the rest of my life, I'm happy now because I love you. I think I'm happy too. You see, he starts to live in the moment. He starts to get an appreciation for what a day really is. And that's enough to break him out of the time loop. Do you know what today is? No, what? <laughs> today is tomorrow. It happened. And today becomes tomorrow. You're here. I'm here. The screenwriter of that film, Danny Rubin, he said, quote, There's an element of truth to the fact that we are repeating the same day over and over again. But what affects people is the fact that Phil is presented with the exact same day. And the very first time he's presented with it, it's probably the worst day of his life. And by the end of the movie, we see that it's the exact same day. But somehow this is now the best day of his life. You see, the movie's telling us life is a gift. You can choose to use it selfishly. You can binge eat, use the day for personal gain, or you can use your time to help others. The choice is up to us. The question we need to ask ourselves is, how are we approaching our days? 
How are we approaching our hours, our minutes? How do we occupy our free time? How many Netflix shows do we really need to watch, really? I mean, when I was growing up, there was like, I don't know, four or five shows on TV that maybe I would watch. Now, there's never been more television that you can stream. And by the way, great television. There's fantastic shows out there. Shows like This Is Us. Which, by the way, if you're not watching, you need to watch that show because there's so much wisdom in that show about life. But how many do we need to watch? Every week at work, there's someone else who says to me, oh my gosh, you got to watch this show. Oh, you never saw this show? Oh, you never saw The Queen's Gambit? Oh, you got to watch it. It's amazing. You never saw Breaking Bad? Where have you been? Saul, what rock have you been living under if you've never seen Breaking Bad? You know what? I'm still alive and I'm getting through the day without Breaking Bad. Look, I, I like to watch an old Seinfeld episode or a Curb Your Enthusiasm as much as the next person. But where do we set our parameters with our time? How much is too too much. I remember the 90s, I had a friend that was literally in isolation all the time. She was a hermit crab, and her favorite show to watch was Friends. Which is an awesome show, by the way. Rather than go out and actually make real friends, she was addicted to watching the illusion of friends. Imagine you have one day left of your life. Believe me, you're not watching the Queen's Gambit. How many of us would squander those precious moments in our day by killing time? There's a funny scene in the movie Madagascar where Melman the giraffe realizes he only has two days left of his life. And he and King Julian are talking about the best way to use your last two days. Oh, if I, King Julian... Julian, that's my name, only had two days left to live. I would do all the things I've ever dreamed of doing. Like what? I would love to become a professional whistler. I'm pretty amazing at it now, but I want to get like even better and make my living out of it. Is that what life's really about? Learning how to whistle? Learning how to play an instrument? Learning how to paint? Okay, those things are fun and they're important, but is that what life is really about? You know, on the physical level. We all know that the earth turns around every day. We're reminded by it. Every time the sun comes out, we see the seasons come and go. And it looks like life is really a circle, you know, circle of life sort of thing. But the truth is, on the deepest level, we know that today should not just be a repetition of yesterday and that this year should not just be a repetition of the last year. We understand intuitively that our lives must move not in circles, but in spirals, with every rotation higher than the preceding one. Simply said, we need to approach every day with a simple clarity that it is nothing less than an opportunity to grow. I remember many years ago when uh, our oldest daughter was in, I think, kindergarten. And, you know, she would come home with certain art projects and learn certain songs in school. And she was just a happy kid. And then the next year of preschool or kindergarten, whatever it was, we noticed she was doing the same art projects and she was learning the exact same songs. And we were surprised. We're like, didn't she do that last year? We noticed that she wasn't engaged. So we go and set a meeting at the school. And we told this to the head of the preschool. And she looks at us and she says, let me ask you a question. Is your daughter happy? And we're like, yeah, she seems happy. She goes, then that's enough. And I remember my wife and I thinking, no, it's actually not enough because our daughter had such potential to grow as all kids do, as all human beings do. And it's our job as parents to nurture our children, to give them parameters and a structure to help them grow into who they're going to be. It wasn't enough that she was happy. We wanted to engage her 
in creating herself. And we eventually took her out of that school and put her in a more challenging program. And she thrived and loved it. Those of you that have kids, think think how fast those years go. I remember when our kids were little, they each had like little pieces of clothing that was just so their personality. One of our daughters had like a pink hat, a little Nike hat that she would wear when it was cold out. One of them had a little sweatshirt, a little sweater, those tiny little shoes. You know what I'm talking about. And then you blink your eyes and 10 years go by. And then you go find in an old bin those shoes or that little hat or that shirt. And you stop for a moment and you hold it and flashback. You remember them at that age. At the snap of a fingers, life goes by. And while sometimes it's a joyous thing to remember those days, sometimes for me, it's excruciating. I start to get sad. I feel like, wow, it went too fast. Their childhood is going too fast. With digital photography, we can take hundreds of pictures and it takes up almost no room. I've got over 100,000 photos and videos in my photos collection. And sometimes me and my wife and kids, we go through and we're looking at the old days and we love looking at those pictures. But I can't help it. Sometimes when I'm looking at those old pictures, I get that feeling inside. The sadness. Like, you know what? I missed out. Even though I was there and I was present because I always feel like, you know what? I could have been more present. That time was so precious and it's gone. There's a great tool for how to appreciate those moments. You know, life is set up with these moments of time or windows of time. You know, high school is a window of time. It has a beginning. It's called ninth grade. It has an end. It's called graduation. What you do during that time, that's up to you. But you can never go back to that window once it closes. Sometimes when my schedule permits and I'm able to pick up our kids with carpool and I get them in the car, that's a window of time from when I pick them up until when we get home. It's a 15-minute drive. And I approach that window of time to try to get the most out of it with my kids. First of all, I'm never on a work call when my kids get in the car. Never be on a work call when your kids get in the car. They just had this full day. The first thing they don't need to do when they get into the car is have mom and dad go, shh, don't speak to me right now. You know what they should have waiting for them? Every time you pick them up, hug and a kiss, how was your day? Believe me, whoever you're talking to at work, you can put off that call and call them in 20 minutes. No one's going to die. Unless, of course, you're a surgeon, different story. And while we're in the car driving our kids, it's an opportunity for us to engage with them, to talk with them. It's a window of time. You're giving your kids a bath. That's bath time. Don't bring your iPhone into the bathroom. Be with your kids. Talk to them about their day. Just be with them. Make sure that we approach all of these windows of time, whether it's sitting as a family, having dinner. If you're meeting a friend for coffee, you shut your phone off and you sit there and you be with them. You show them that they matter. You show them that you're going to give them 100% of your attention. For many of us, we are aware of how precious time is, but we still end up procrastinating those tough decisions in life because we think we'll have tomorrow to make them. But the truth is, we don't know if we have tomorrow. How many times do I meet couples and they're engaged for like six months or a year or sometimes three or four years? You ever meet a couple like that? They're engaged for like four or five years. You know what I want to do? I just want to shake them and go, what are you waiting for? Go start your life already. You know what engagement is? It's like a doorway. You're not in one room. You're not in the other. You're just kind of hanging out in the doorway. Because what does engage mean? It means, oh, I'm engaged to be married. So go get married already. Oh, I need years to plan a wedding. You could plan a wedding in a month. If someone's engaged three years, then there's something wrong in that relationship. 
They're not dealing with something. I just want to grab them and go, go start your life. Start building a home together. Start living for meaning. Great movie in the 90s. When Harry Met Sally. Billy Crystal is dating Sally. Meg Ryan. He finally wakes up one day and he's like, you know what? She's the one. And he goes there New Year's Eve and he goes up to her. And he's wearing like his casual jeans and clothes at this fancy party. And he goes and he professes his feelings to her. And she goes, it doesn't work this way. And he starts telling her, well, look, I feel this for you and I feel that for you. You. And then he says the most profound thing. I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. When you have clarity of who you want to spend the rest of your life with, when you have clarity on any decision you want to make in your life, do it right away. Because you don't know if you're going to get tomorrow. There was a movie starring Tom Hanks called Castaway. Remember that movie? In the beginning of the film, Tom Hanks, he's uh, dating this girl, Helen Hunt. They're dating for a really long time. He's not ready to propose to her. And what does he do for a living? He works as a FedEx employee delivering packages overseas. At the beginning of the film, he's lecturing to a group of workers workers in uh, Moscow, I think, about the importance of time and being on time and schedules. And he screams to them, we live or die by the clock. He says, I know the value of time. He even tells them that losing time is a sin. And on his return flight, he overhears one of his friend's wife has cancer. She's uncertain of her future. And he hears this and it motivates him to finally propose to his girlfriend, Kelly. And right before he can propose, he gets a sudden job thing. He's got to go. Another flight overseas. He's a about to get on the plane and his last words to his girlfriend are I'll be right back I'll be right back and then boom plane crash he's stranded on a desert island for many years guess what no coming right back there's an expression man plans and God laughs we think we have all the time in the world to accomplish all the things we want and all we have is today tomorrow we don't know if we're getting tomorrow so if you've clarity right now you're hearing this and you've clarity on something that you want to accomplish something you want to do something you want to say to somebody do it right now there was a great sage his name was Hillel this wise man he said quote if not now when you know what he's telling us He's saying, what are you waiting for? Now is the time. Embrace those people you love. Work out those relationships. Tell those people you love what they mean to you. Put your ego away. Forgive them. Stop blaming people. Stop expecting that everyone around you is perfect. Because guess what? You're not perfect. Because guess what? Nobody is. You know, maybe you're listening to this and you're married a couple years and you're like, yeah, someday I want to have a kid. Then what are you waiting for? There's a beautiful quote I once heard. Every day you wait to have your children is one less day that you will know them. The older we get, we should know that the ticking of the clock is getting louder and louder. Miles Davis, the great jazz legend, had a quote. He said, time isn't the main thing, it's the only thing. And don't wake up every day and think that you're so busy. Look, everybody's busy, but let's be honest. We choose what we want to be busy with. There's a quote from an unknown source. It says, nobody is too busy. It's just a matter of priorities. How do we divide up our time? Where do we invest our time? Steve Jobs was not a guy that wasted time. I mean, this guy worked hard. We all know that. He created the devices you're probably listening to this podcast on. He was motivated, creating, innovative, incredible. But you know what? Even Steve Jobs, with all his money, couldn't escape death. He died from pancreatic cancer. And I promise you, at the end of his life, he probably would have traded his billions of dollars and all his fame and glory for just one day more of good health. 
And a bunch of years before he died, he was asked to give an address to a graduating class at Stanford University. Listen to what he said. When I was 17, I read a quote that went something like, if you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. (laughs) It made an impression on me. And since then, for the past 33 years, I've looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, Would I want to do what I am about to do today? And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. Remembering that I'll be dead soon is the most important tool I've ever encountered to help me make the big choices in life. Because almost everything, all external expectations, all pride, all fear of embarrassment or failure, these things just fall away in the face of death leaving only what is truly important. Remembering that you are going to die is the best way I know to avoid the trap of thinking you have something to lose. You know, there's a piece of ancient wisdom that says, if you have a choice to go to a house of mourning or to go to a wedding, choose the house of mourning. Why would someone choose that? Why would you want to go to a funeral over a joyous wedding? Who would do that? What the wisdom is telling us is that every single person, when they go to a funeral and you see a body being lowered into the ground, that's a wake-up call. We are all reminded that someday that's going to be me. And that reminder that the clock is ticking should motivate us to want to grow. You see, Steve Jobs knew very clearly that death is motivating. He even said it. It's the greatest tool I know. There's so much to get done. What are we waiting for? And years after his death, his daughter Lisa wrote a book and she was asked in an interview, the day your father died, what did you feel? Um, I wished that we'd had more time together. And, and I think he, he wished that too. So I wish there'd been more time. There was a great uh, wise sage who lived in the 1700s. His name was Elijah Ben Solomon Zalman. He was otherwise known as the Vilnagon. That was his nickname, the Vilnagon. And he was once asked by one of his students if he could suggest a book that would be good for helping the student work on his character traits, you know, to grow to become a better person. And the Vilnagon's response is, well, you know what? They're all worthwhile. But for me, the best of all is right there on that wall. And the student glances over at the bookshelves, but he can't find even one book about working on character traits. And the Vilnagon looks to him and says, no, 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 you misunderstood me. When I said it was on that wall, I meant the clock. You see, every second of the day, that clock ticks away, reminding me that time is fleeting. And if I need a reminder to work on my character traits, to work on myself, it's the ticking of that clock. Inspirational quote of the week. Today's quote comes from William Penn. He was an English writer, religious thinker, lived in the 1700s. There's a big statue of him in Philadelphia. If you live in Philly, you've seen it downtown. And William Penn's quote was this, quote, Time is what we want most, but what we use worst. Hopefully we know how valuable time is. Hopefully we get clarity how valuable time is before we're lying on our deathbeds. While we still have time to do something, while we still have time to change, but we just don't use it correctly. Ask someone who knows they have a couple hours left to live what they wish they could have done differently in their life. 
You know what their biggest regrets always are? Wasting time. Maybe you're a person that has sat on a bedside next to a loved one who's died, and you know what it's like to hold their hand when you're with them the last moments of their life. They have the regrets as they're dying that they wish they didn't waste time. Time to work on the relationships. And you know what most people sitting next to them wish? That they had more time with them. Time to just tell them how they feel about them. The importance of the relationship. If I had one more moment, my grandparents both died. I wish I could have one more minute with my grandmother. Give her one more hug. I wish I could hold my grandfather's hand in mine one more time and tell him how much he meant to me. Just one more time, but it's gone. At the end of the day, I think the biggest risk of wasting time is not investing our time into working on ourselves and growing and becoming the best versions of ourselves and realizing our unique potential. Because only when we invest ourselves in our own personal growth and into developing our character traits of honesty, humility, integrity, compassion, only then will we get a true taste of a life of awesome. Thank you so much for being here today listening. I really appreciate you spending your time with me. Please, again, subscribe, like us, rate us, review us, share us with your family and friends. And I truly hope that each and every one of you has an incredible life and not just a life that's good and not just a life that's great, but that each and every one of you has a life of awesome.